Hi, my name is um, Christian Schernberg. I am a hematologist uh, based in Hövde, Sweden, and I was one of the founding members of the Young EHA Committee. And I'm here with my, uh, my good colleague Nuno Borges, who is going to tell us a bit about um, what's called Plan S today. Hi Nuno, um, could you introduce yourself? Yes, so my name is Nuno Borges. I'm a uh, hematology registrar in uh, working in the UK, in the northeast of England. Nice, very nice. You've been involved in something that is called Plan S. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago we were asked to write a bit of a, an opinion piece on Plan S um, uh, that myself, uh, Florian Scherer and Anna Kabanova, um, who have been involved with the HA as well, um, we all collaborated on just because it was quite a topical subject at the time. And basically, Plan S kind of has is a is a um, a movement that started about 2018, um, that at its core really is about trying to make research free, open access, and easily accessible. The Plan S itself has lots of different principles that that you can look up. Um, but that's kind of the core principles that it boils down to and about giving the authors more rights as well as, as the people submitting this work. Um, it generated a lot of controversy because uh, obviously there's some resistance from the publisher side um, and the journals as well. Um, so it's generated a lot of debate. So th this, this... That's why it's called uh, S, right? For shock. Yeah, yeah. plan shock. Yeah. Shock the um, system, yes. Okay. So, so yeah, they, they kept it uh, less controversial by summarizing it to plan S rather than plan shock. Because <laughs> <laughs> people don't question what the S is for. Uh, no. So yeah, so because of that, it's been quite... Um, uh, it's generated a lot of discussion around, uh, I guess, the ethical side of public pu publishing and um, the implications of that. So that's what this article is about. And what are the main objections I think, you encountered? I think there is a fear that, because um, basically the way roughly that it would work is the, the journals would stop, um, well, first of all, the, the fees that um, publishing companies charge for, for publications sometimes are astronomical and putting the onus, taking the onus away from the author of of the work um, generates problems in the sense that some institutions can't afford to to front those costs sometimes. Equally, I think journals would worry that by becoming open access, they would lose some of the prestige that comes with um, their name and their, and their history. Um, and I think it breaks a little bit with, uh, with historically what's been the um, the way that publications are viewed and that very well-established, uh, high-impact um, publication houses would then almost be on an even keel with other journals that don't have as much of a track record, I guess. So I think it's been a bit of a culture shock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So appropriately named then. Plan yeah. shock. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that the publish or, per, uh, or perish um, paradigm um, is still viable or is that a, and, and do you think that's a problem to young scientists? Yeah, I think so still. I think there's still a big pressure on early career 
researchers, scientists, clinicians to to publish and just get their name on things um, because unfortunately that's still seen as a measure of success um, and obviously the, the the higher the impact factor of, of the journal the better. Um, now I think there is some merit to having publications it shows that um, you have an interest in whatever field you're working and you're trying to make a contribution but unfortunately I think we all know that nowadays uh, having your name on a paper doesn't necessarily mean that you've done the work, doesn't necessarily mean that you care about the subject. And I mm. think that that in a way, the, the pressure of this publish or perish thing has created this kind of attitude towards publications that you just need to get something out there regardless of the quality and regardless of how you achieve that. Um, but unfortunately, even though I think Plan S was, that was one of the things that we're trying to uh, phase out. Unfortunately, I think it does still happen. Mm -hmm. um, how could an initiative like uh, Plan S be extended beyond Europe? I think it's. I think obviously different in, in different parts of the world. There's, there's different approaches to how how these things work. And I think mm -hmm. in Europe, we're lucky that even though it's a very heterogeneous continent, the there are. Um, overarching regulatory bodies that look at these things and keep things fairly homogenous. Um, but one of the benefits of having this uh, be more of an international thing is that it would potentially open doors to countries across the world that um, for whom it's not as easy to get their work seen and you know right. by by you know researchers, professionals in countries where things are a lot more easily published. So I think in a way, having this be a worldwide um, initiative means that it's, it's this kind of evening the, the playing field, making things the same across the board and, you know, trying to make, take that step to making things a little bit more equitable, um, regardless of where you come from, country, institution, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible or can you envision a future where every publication, every set of raw data is freely accessible to each and every scientist in the world? And would that be the goal? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it'd be very ambitious, but I think it's possible. And I think in some respects, it's already kind of happening through, well, a big one is social media. I think nowadays, lots of people are taking to Twitter especially, but other things like ResearchGate and all these platforms where um, they're able to share and people upload their own PDFs and, you know, it's, I think some people take it upon themselves sometimes to try and individually break down these, these barriers and social media has been a huge part mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to sharing absolutely everything like raw data and, and that might be more difficult, um, but I think slowly through social media and other websites like BioArchive and these kind of preprint websites, we are moving towards that. So I think it's I think in in the next few decades that might happen. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs>